Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Marvin Chronicles. Today my guest is going to be Jessica. She's a U.S. citizen who unwinded her life. She's in her in her 30s and she decided to come to Bali. And this is kind of the genesis of uh, how it happened and what it took to get to Bali. So we're going to have that. And before I start the show, if you'd like to support the show, uh, please check out the affiliate links for the products I use to record this podcast. I have the Amazon affiliate links there. And also, a lot of people ask me what I did to save for this journey I'm on. And I actually used um, Stash. So if you're in the U.S., um, I'm going to put a link below. You get $5 to start. And Stash is kind of an investing account where you can uh, purchase um ETF or index funds and some stocks, but the buy and sell are free. And I think it just charges you like a dollar a month after the first month or something like that. But you get a free $5 to start. Um, I still use it. It's something that I think highly about because uh, you can invest and it doesn't cost you very much. So we're done there. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here we go. Jessica, give us a little bit uh, a bio about yourself. Oh, hey, Marvin. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Um, my name's Jessica. I'm from San Francisco, California. I am in my 30s, <laughs> and I've been in Bali a few months. I came from like the retail world, um, 15 years of corporate life, and I've been in Bali um, off and on for the last five months. So that's what's going on over here. Nice, nice. To give you guys a little bit of background, you might be hearing some uh, some rain in the background. So I'd scheduled this with Jessica a few times and finally I got her down and it rained. It's been raining so much. It rained last night, the power went out. It's, uh, it's what you, you know, you can't enjoy the sunny days without the rainy ones. So it's raining all day. You can probably hear it in the background. I apologize for that, but we're gonna push through with this interview. I think it's romantic. It is romantic. It is romantic. <laughs> the the power out. I should put some candles out. <laughs> so I guess the first question I have uh, is, so, oh, she she's, like she said, she's been living in Bali for the last five months, off and on. Um, how did you get introduced to Bali when? Well, the love affair started over almost three years ago. Um, I was a buyer at Pottery Barn in San Francisco for almost nine years, and I would come to Jakarta on the island of Java um, lots of times for work, Surabaya and Sumatra. And one time three years ago, I added a weekend trip to Bali um, before my meeting started. And so I was here for literally three days, one night, sorry, two nights in Changu and one night in Ubud. And I went to my meeting in Jakarta the next day and I was just like, I've got to get back to that place. And, you know, I have been very lucky and very blessed in my life. I've traveled a lot. I've been to 39 countries and I've never experienced like the feeling of like needing to return so badly anywhere else ever like I've never felt like I've always wanted to check something off the list um and this was like uh, it was calling me for the last few years so every year I was supposed to come back to Bali because I went back to Jakarta I went back to Indonesia in general and this year I got pulled from the trip and I had planned in my head this like week-long vacation for myself before the trip and that's when I decided to just quit my job and come to Bali anyways because I just knew I had to come back Wow, that's that's actually an amazing story. I know Jessica, and I didn't know that story. So 
Um, let's dive in a little bit here. So uh, she knows some of the questions, but you know, I like to do a little ad hoc when she brings things up that I find really interesting. So um, what what was the reason you went to Jakarta and and how is Jakarta compared to Bali for people that haven't been to either? Oh, it is like night and day. I went there for work. So um, Jakarta, Surabaya, Sumatra, it's where our vendors were. We manufactured furniture there. Um, so I was only there on a work basis. I don't have a lot of um, details around like how fun it is or cool restaurants or anything like that because I was there for work. But there's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of pollution. Um, and, you know, the rest of Indonesia is a Muslim country and Bali is a Hindu country, although there's all religions here um, and non-religions here. Um, it's very it's operated very differently and they all have different governors. So um that you know it's it's just really really different gotcha i hear that a lot and and when you were here for that short amount of time was there was there one thing that happened that you did that that drew you back or just the entire experience you know jet lag has a lot to do with it and <laughs> when you fly from san francisco it's like what 26 hours and you wake up at five in the morning hopefully and you get to walk out on the beach for the first time and you see a sunrise and I haven't seen a sunrise in lord knows how long um because I wake up early um but no I wouldn't say there was anything specific I know that I was it was by myself and I hadn't taken a few days by myself on a vacation um in a long time and it just felt really like peaceful and then the the driver that I had in Ubud, actually, I just found him on the street as one does. And he took me around just one-on-one for a whole day. And I just laughed with him. And they were just the kindest people. And he knew, like, he knew his buddy at this place and at this temple. And he gave me some cake at this temple. And it was just, like, so friendly. And, you know, I was paying him. So, you know, pay to be friends, whatever. Um, but, no, I wouldn't say there was, like, one thing. It was just, it just felt magical to me. And everyone thought I was way younger than I was, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a, that's that's a nice that's a nice bonus. I, I get the same thing. We're we're her and I are similar in age, and so um, that's amazing. And I, that's a, that's a very I would say common story. I mean, I I'd come to Bali on a on a tour, and uh, it really I honestly didn't even know where Bali was. Somebody told me. I had really a good time in Bali and I said, Oh, like I'll check it out, I guess. And, um, definitely blown away, definitely blown away. And Ubud is, we live in Changu. Let's let you guys know the listeners and Ubud is kind of where the eat, pray, love book was kind of based Which out. I had of- never seen the movie nor read the book. Oh, okay. You. Yeah. And so because of that, uh, there's a lot of people that, f- that kind of flock to it, but it's so, it's so beautiful it's 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 uh you do feel like you're in a jungle it's very different than other parts of bali all right so moving on so uh, you'd mentioned about the decision to move here so when you decided i'm going to move to bali how long did it take you and what what did it take to kind of like unwind your, your life to make that decision So when I decided to come to Bali, it wasn't because I decided to move here. I quit my job, um, quit my career. I left the end of June, um, and two days later, I bought a one-way ticket, and I came here. And it was basically, the goal was just to be on sabbatical. It wasn't really to move. It was to take some time out from my literally nine years at Pottery Barn 
and never more than a two-week vacation in a year. Um, so I was here for about seven weeks. Um, <clears throat> and while I was here, my goal was to just reconnect with myself, really feel, figure out what I wanted to do. Um, how am I going to make myself happy? How am I going to feed my soul again? Because um, I lost a little bit of myself in the last few years, just climbing that corporate ladder and you know, getting that money and that paycheck was such a drug and what else can I do to have a more fulfilling life? Um, and I just knew that I wanted to work in a environment that was more aligned with my values and that was more fulfilling that when I woke up on a Monday, I didn't have the Sunday scaries that, you know, I didn't want to go in to work the next day. Like I want to get up every day and feel really passionate and really excited about what I want to do, even if it's for chores that I don't like doing. So I was here for seven weeks and um, one weekend I went to this environmental event. It was called Commitment at um, a beach club, Potato Head. And I met a lot of Balinese and Indonesian companies that were doing environmentally conscious products. So, you know, replacing plastics, um, banning plastic bags from the, from the um, island. And if you guys don't know... Indonesia is the fourth worst pollutant in all of the world in uh, land, air, and water pollution. And there's very little government help. There's no infrastructure for recycling besides a private company that you have to pay for. And then it gets shipped to Jakarta for processing. And it only processes less than 2% of the waste. Um, and so there's just a really big problem here with... Um, with pollution. So I was at this event and I literally had, I met a great, some of great people, some great organizations, and I had a tear in my eye. I'm not even kidding you. And it was the first tear I had in my eye for the five weeks I was here. And what was amazing about that is if you knew me, I'm, I'm really extroverted. I really like to hang out with people. And for the most of the time here, on sabbatical since I was moving around so much I didn't really hang out with that many people like I would make myself go out maybe once or twice a week but like I was moving around and I was really content with being by myself and so I and to that point like and I never cried I never got lonely I was totally fine I was so freaking happy it was crazy and so then I got here I got to this event and I met these people and I felt so inspired and so many of them were so young and I just had this like tiny, I had to literally hold back tears and I just like looked up into the earth and I was just like, shit, man, like I should probably just do something here because this feels like the most inspired I've probably ever felt in my entire life. So that was the defining moment. And back to your question, long story long, um, I, so I went back to the San Francisco. I had lots of events to do. I was somewhat on the fence still because you know you get home and you have your cat and you have your stuff and you have your family and my cat and my cat um and but then ultimately you know I I wasn't happy in San Francisco I was there a total of two months um a month of it was literally just events I had lots of weddings and stuff and then the next month of it was packing up my apartment and selling a lot as much as I could um so I got back as soon as I could um and I, that was December 31st or sorry, October 31st. Um, and yeah. And so now it's been two and a half months back here. Um, and I definitely don't regret it at all. Oh, that's a great story. Um, let's, let's uh, talk about the, when you made the decision, what was the reaction of your friends and family? 
You know, I was really lucky. Not one person in my entire network was disappointed or warned me not to or was even really that surprised. <laughs> like, um, you know, I think most of my friends, especially after the last few years of witnessing like the death of my soul that I like to keep saying from work and just working too hard and, you know, being on the grind. And, you know, I've been in the same apartment for almost nine years at the same job for almost nine years. Um, I finally got rid of a pickup truck that I had for 16 years. Like I hold on to things kind of a long time. And so I think a lot of most of my friends were really proud of me that I was finally able like, no, this is time to start a new chapter all the way clean slate. Even if it wasn't San Francisco. Yeah, maybe I wasn't expecting you to move all the way to Bali, but they weren't that surprised that I was moving out of the city. That's good. It's good to have a supportive network and, and stuff. I, I, for the most part, uh, everybody expected, you know, expecting me to do something because I was traveling a lot. Uh, I share similar similar experiences of working in corporate sales and knowing there was something else out there and knowing that life is more than just work. Um, sometimes what I find is you um, you get you you have these certain goals with work and then you you achieve them and then nothing changes. And in addition to the fact that when you go travel and you've been to 39 countries, which I didn't know, that's amazing. But when you travel, especially all under 30 years old. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Just kidding. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, when you travel, I think a little bit about you changes because the world kind of, you see the world differently. You have a different perspective and then you go back and nothing, nothing at home changes. And, and people, yeah. people are interested in hearing your stories, but they're half it's fleeting. In- it's fleeting though. Right. Yeah. It's like you get home and they'll say like, okay, tell me the top three highlights or, you know, whatever the first 30 minutes of the conversation may be, except for your really good friends that you've talked to the entire time. Like I'm not talking about them cause they know exactly what was going on the whole time. But you know, then like your second tier of friends that you may not have kept as good of touch with, um, you know, it's the first few minutes, and then, and then to be honest, I get kind of tired of telling my stories over and over again, especially to people who haven't traveled a ton or don't know how to have those kind of deeper conversations and better questions about your travels, not just what was your favorite temple or, you know, some kind of surface stuff. Like it kind of gets exhausting to relay like the most basic um, tourist level questions. Does that make sense? No, it does. Cause you, you end up repeating yourself. I, I remember I, I came back to the U S recently after six months for a wedding. I feel like there's always just those few things, those, those are life events that, that require your, your presence. Mm-hmm. And, um, He's a great friend of mine, so I had to go to his wedding. But and you want to, and I want to. Yeah. But I, you know, just the idea of having to go back was just daunting. Just because I was getting used to the routine of of just traveling, and I was worried. Actually, I was personally worried if I went back that I'd like it and stay or something like that. There was yeah. always people warned me about that too. Yeah. And actually, I was the opposite. Literally, I so on the way home from Bali, I had a wonderful and um, challenging but mostly wonderful week in Fiji with a friend who is kind of like my spiritual advisor at this point and he warned me you know 
okay, just don't get sucked back in. Remember the feelings that you had while you were in Bali. And the second I got back to San Francisco, I got a sinus infection and I had my second panic attack of my entire life. And the first one was when I scuba dived in the Great Barrier Reef in 2001. So like I don't get panic attacks very often. And I had a full on panic attack about being home. And then I just was like, I know I'm allergic to San Francisco. I'm allergic to that house. I don't know where I'm going to go, but I can't stay here. (laughs) Well, that's uh, that's that's. That's that's uh I don't know if I should say that's great. It's but a sign. I mean, it's just a sign to listen to, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's that's great that you had such a such a intense reaction to being back. And I hope if I have to go back, uh, I'll have the same way. I mean, I when I went back, uh, I went back for Thanksgiving and the wedding, uh, just this past year as well. And I just uh, I was almost gonna stay for the for the holidays, and then I was like, no, because then. It, I was I was luckily I was It'd almost be like too long, huh? It'd be too long. It was gonna be too cold. And I was fortunate that I had gone to a wedding and most of my close friends were at the wedding. So I could just tell them the story like all together. All together. Yeah. Like I was just, just 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 wait. Wait until they get I hope here. that wasn't your toast at the wedding. Was your no, story. no, no. <laughs> Funny you mentioned that. Uh at the wedding, because um, I, I travel, I try to travel a lot as well. At the wedding, my my best friend, or his name is Martin, which is terrible because my name is Marvin. It was terrible in college, and um, he he points out because I I uh, I my friends went on this like Panama Colombia trip for New Year's, but Panama was kind of in the beginning of the trip, and I want to go somewhere. I decided like last minute in December I was gonna I want to go somewhere, and I was like I'll come to Panama with you guys. And, um, it turns out though, like that's when he was going to propose. <laughs> and so at the wedding, he brings up like, you know, I just want to mention Marvin. Where is he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, Third wheel Marvin. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, uh, yeah. You ruined the proposal. And I was thinking like, what do you mean? It would have been awesome. Cause then you could have told me and I could have taken a picture yeah. if, uh, if you'd asked. So oh, that's a good story. So... <laughs> We talked about, okay, so you get, you so far, and this is kind of a broad question, what, any surprises about, about Bali so far since you've, since you've been here, anything that, uh, uh, I would say like my last guest, Kyle said, uh, scootering was such a surprise to him. He didn't even know how to scooter when he got here and he had to figure it out real quick. Mm-hmm. Was there, is there anything about your experience now living here that surprised you um hmm. surprise or irritant i don't know all right like it's just the modern conveniences that you are you just wish for and you take for granted for example when my last villa if we ran out of electricity you have to go over to the circle k and buy electricity and like you know or gas you have to go buy gas to put your to put in the stove and you have to have cash all the time. There's no credit cards for half the places. And if they if they do have credit cards, they charge you 3%. So where are all these miles going to go on my Capital One card? Hello. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, and the fact that I brought rain boots for rainy season. And it's like, oh, wait, it's still like 85 degrees, even though it's raining. So I don't really need to wear these galoshes like a dork. Um, and... 
And I wouldn't say really a lot of surprises. It's just, I mean, I've been to Asia so many times. Um, I think, I think it's just such a weird bubble, Changu, because there's so many expats. Like you, you go to most of the restaurants, especially the Western ones. Everyone speaks enough English to get by, and you kind of like forget that you're in a a third. It's literally a third world country because not there's no running water that you can drink. Like the locals don't drink it. We don't drink it. You don't even want to put your bug bites in it. You know, that kind of stuff you just have to be careful of all the time. And, you know, both Marvin and I have been sick and both gotten into scooter accidents in the last couple of weeks. So it's just like hashtag Bali life you got to deal with, you know. Yes, yes. You know, uh, that is that is very true. That's very relatable. I um, I noticed that some of the people that have stayed here for quite a long time, it starts it does start to kind of. um build up our your friend june uh, i could i remember her her talking about just it just just all these inconveniences start kind of building up and the benefit also or the drawback however you see it surprise or annoyance is that you, you you know living here you do have to leave time to time for visa runs so jessica went to kuala lumpur recently and when you go to kuala lumpur or you go to singapore i mean it's a bit more more Kuala has a ton of malls. It's, it's the shopping capital of the East, right? Yeah. So you, you get some Western vibe to it. Singapore. Like the grossest part of the Western vibe. <laughs> the grossest part of the, <laughs> yes. Maybe a little capitalism there. And uh, she was nice enough. I was almost, I was dead set on trying to buy an iPad Pro. And she was sweet enough to go to the Apple store while she was there and price it out for me. And then... At the at the very end, I was like, I can't. Like it was because the iPad Pro now was like thirteen hundred dollars. I was like, oh, it was just I just need it for video editing. I was like, that's a lot of money to spend for just video editing. So, but what did you do while you were at Kuala? I went shopping, just what everybody does. I mean, it was like a fifteen hour trip, and I bought some sneaks and I bought some makeup and uh, I tried to find some decent food and it was awful because I'm a vegetarian and they have everything that's meat and everything bad for you and everything's wrapped in plastic and it just was like get me back to Jangu get me a smoothie bowl <laughs> ASAP that's that's funny you say that yeah so um, to give you guys a little bit of background with Jangu there's a lot of vegetarian and vegan restaurants here and when I came here over the summer um, I, I started kind of moving in that direction where uh, reducing my meat intake and I was like wow like it's happening that's how I f- when you're here you're like it's happening it's so easy it's, it's so easy and then um, it feels so good it does and then <laughs> yeah. I went to Japan for five weeks and I was like oh <laughs> fish face <laughs> fish there's pork pork oh. was everywhere <laughs> and I was just like I don't I don't eat pork I stopped eating pork quite a while ago and I was just I was kind of it hurt my heart because I was nice. like you you go you 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 you're somewhere where it's happening and then you go somewhere else and it's like it never happened i know and it's just that's another example of bali versus the rest of indonesia bali is the only island out of like what is our 300 and something islands of indonesia that is like this at all um and you know there's a lot of meat in muslim countries um and it's like they're 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 diet it's three times a day you know so it's just i don't know i love it though and it's cheap it is is. (laughs) it's very good and very good so let's talk about 
Let's talk about some advice. Hmm. So you mentioned earlier, so recently we went to an event called Lady Boss, if you're ever in Chenggu, and uh, a female, I guess males attend, I, I attended, I was there to support the speakers, and uh, it's a dojo, which is a co-working space. It's the most, it's the famous dojo, at least in my mind. It's kind of the reason why I came to Chenggu, because I saw it on CNBC. You said there was a couple books that you that you enjoy, that you recommend? Yeah, well, so... To tie that together, um, at the Lady Boss event, it was basically these women <clears throat> who were talking, they're just giving their stories about how they, you know, uprooted their lives. Where, what's crazy is with this one girl, Emma, she is so cute. She's such a, my friend calls her a mermaid, but she calls everyone in Bali a unicorn. That, like, if you were at your hometown, you're the one person who leaves the entire city, changes your whole life, wants to change the world, wants to do good, wants to connect with new people. And they're the unicorn of that town or you're the unicorn of your group of friends. And then they all move to Bali and it's a whole town of unicorns. And I just thought that was like the cutest phrase ever. Um, But anyways, at this event, these women are just sharing their journeys. And one of the questions at the end um, is usually what kind of books or podcasts or what has helped you inspire you or you know, whatever. So I offered my few um, inspirational things to share with you guys today. Um, And so when I, two years ago, when I knew I needed to get out of work and I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, not get out of work, but get out of my current job and out of my current career, I listened and worked on this book called Design Your Life. And it's by these two guys who did a course at Stanford University. Um, And now they have this book and it's a really intense book. It took me a year to not even really finish just the saying, but still there's like homework at every chapter. Um, And it's really intense. You have to, you have to really spend a lot of time on it, but it just kind of puts you onto a path of like, what do you really want to do before that book? There's a book called Poe Bronson, Poe Bronson wrote it. It's called, what do I want to do with my life? What should I do with my life? That's what it is. And he was on Oprah, like, 15 years ago and I've read this book three times and it's amazing too it's just lots of little stories about people who've changed their life and found happiness um and then my third step was at the beginning of 2018 I got a career coach and uh you know it's a small investment to be honest um not only with your time but with your money um and we have uh, our last session next week and I'm really actually no it's this week um, and I'm really bummed to know that it's over but I'm on this new path now and uh, that path does not have an income right in the second so I'm gonna have to put it on pause um, but that was really inspiring she helped me realize I really just needed to quit what I was doing instead of trying to work simultaneously while whilst looking for new work I, it wasn't ever happening I was never putting myself first I was always putting work first. So if I had extra hours on that Sunday, instead of looking for a job, I would do extra work so I was ahead or just not as behind as I would have been on that Monday. And that's something that I keep struggling with even while I'm here. I would, you know, I, I go to beach cleans and I, you know, try to help some other, you know, maybe startups or give people advice or just fuck around I don't even know um instead of just doing the stuff that I need to do for myself so anyway she's just helped me kind of guide me and keep me honest with like what what path do I want to stay on so that I am fulfilled in all aspects of my life and those three aspects to me that are important to me is 
work-life balance, aka travel, and you know, I still like to work. Um, B, having an income. Like most people feel much better about themselves when they have one. Some people are fine without one, but I am not one of those people. Um, and C, uh, fulfillment, like soul fulfillment, and what 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 fulfills my soul is. Um, just making this world slightly better as much as I can. Um, and so she helped me kind of put those three criteria together on this like life roadmap. And it was just really, really helpful. So besides, so between design your life and that career coach, like I, I now can reference this life path that I have kind of roadmapped out. Um, and you can go back and look at it and you can, um, you know, change it a little bit if you see fit. Um, but it kind of just keeps you, keeps you going in the right direction. That's amazing. And I guess my question to you is, and I'll have the links to those books in the show notes, um, with, with those, with those books and those tasks and the, and the career coach is, is the value in it, uh, being consistent or being reminded of what your plan is to see it? Um, is it, is it those type of things that you do in in those courses to help to remind you what your goal is or um i think i think for spe- specifically for the career coach part i think it's really about like if an opportunity arises does it tick those three boxes or does it tick two out of those three boxes at least before you say yes to it um, or if you have, you know, like if I got offered a job back in San Francisco right now, I would say absolutely not, even though it would tick the box of money, you know, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't tick the box of fulfillment and it wouldn't tick the box of work life balance. So it's kind of just like if you're ever at a crossroads or if you're ever if you just have new opportunities or or if you're kind of just feeling like, am I still on the right path? I don't know. Maybe I kind of like slacked off from my values or slacked off from my goals because it's just so much fun around here. Um, (laughs) And then you can just kind of refer back to it and say like, if this is not serving two out of three of these boxes, I have to let it go and make space in my life for things that will tick those boxes. Okay, gotcha. All right. So we're leading into what your business is here now in Bali. So let us know what it is you do and what you offer and yeah thanks for that um, platform so i started my own consulting business called upcycled consulting um you can find the website upcycledconsulting.com or i also have a small humble instagram um by the same name with an underscore upcycled underscore consulting and um i am doing i'm trying to help retail businesses either grow launch or become more profitable. And I am specializing in those businesses who are making products out of recycled or upcycled waste. So right now, you know, I'm helping a couple different companies. Um, One who's using tires from Indonesia and they are making new rubber, rubber products like shoes and some myriad of other things. Um, Or companies who are using some recycled plastics to make rash guards or swimwear. Um, so that's, I have a whole list of services, but I have over 15 years of retail experience through fashion and home furnishings, um, and luggage even. Um, so that's my goal. And I'm trying to connect with the community, um, Bali based companies here, as well as I'm still doing some consulting in the States, um, for some furniture companies there too. All right. That's exciting. And I'll have her information as well in the show notes. Uh, I want to thank Jessica for being on the show. Uh, 
the reason why I had her on the show is she's an awesome person. Uh, she actually lives in the villa that I'm in right now, but she's actually moving out to a different villa here. I like to move. She likes to move. Um, but uh, it's a, such an exciting story, and I was it was more important for me to get the kind of the getting here aspect of the story. And then hopefully she'll let me interview her maybe a year from now. Oh, that'd be so awesome. Yeah. I would love to hear this a year from and now here, too. Yeah. yeah. And and then interview her to see, um, you know, ask her maybe almost the same questions about, you know, what surprised her, um, what she learned and things like that. Uh, I think that, um, you know, the, what she's doing is amazing. And I think that, I think that it's important when you come and you can, you can uh, agree or disagree with some sort of idea of what you want to do a little bit. It sounds like you, you formulate that idea as you were coming to Bali. And I think that's great. And, um, I think I've met other people on other entrepreneurs and they have an idea and it, and it works and they shift. And, and I think there's great people, many unicorns. Um, and there's, it's so deceiving sometimes cause you'll meet people and Emma's really sweet. Emma is very sweet, and uh, her company is called Ocean Mimic, mm-hmm. and we do the beach cleanups on the Sundays and stuff like that. But she's she's a driver. I mean, I can tell that she she's 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 put in the hours to try to create a successful company, and mm-hmm. and you you're I'm inspired here daily, and uh, hopefully Jessica has inspired you. Also, I want to tell you guys, Jessica is a bit Ill, uh, under the weather, and I I appreciate her even. Uh, coming on today, there was a question if we should do it because how she was feeling and like the weather and the sound and I have a headache and, you know, like Bali is great 99% of the time. And then there's the... <laughs> when you're sick, it's very questionable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this be, For me, I, I have this kind of like, I feel isolated when I'm sick in a foreign country, but now I'm kind of getting used to the cycle. Like uh, I've gotten the Bali belly, I've gotten the car, you know, the motorbike accident. I'm like, okay. So I kind of know like... You know, you from the outside in, you're like, oh, when I get hurt, I'll just go to the hospital. And that isn't it isn't as easy as A to B here. No. Well, here, the doctors have are usually the children of rich people and they have paid their way to get a medical license. So that's tricky. Tricky. (laughs) It's tricky at best. (laughs) And insurance is tricky at best, too. Insurance is tricky at best. Yes. So make sure you have insurance. Uh, when you, if you do come and an uh, international driver's license, yes, that would be, that's good advice. So before I end the show, is there anything else you want to add, Jessica? Well, no, just thanks for having me on. I am, I would love to see if we can do this for in a year from now. I think that's amazing. Um, but to your earliest comment, once you started closing up there, um, yes, I definitely like had a thought of what I could do when I got here um, just because it's based on my 15 year career but I also am really open to how it's going to permeate and change throughout this coming year I'm really excited for all of 2019 I'm really excited for one year from now to know what 2019 looked like because that's just what my initial idea was you know is this company and helping with helping other startups or small businesses. Um, but who knows what's going to happen? And I'm just really open to whatever changes may happen. And if this is my, you know, this was my right turn to come to Bali and my left turn to start up cycling, cons- you know, my consulting biz. And then 
what could be my next right turn i have no idea like i could be like living in spain with my new hot lover by the next time who knows oh wow <laughs> yeah stay tuned guys say you, you have to make sure you subscribe to the podcast because i i'm interested too hopefully she'll remember me when she's famous rich when she's rich and famous and just rich <laughs> <laughs> all right have a great day guys remember to subscribe uh, uh, check the show notes for all the books she mentioned, her website information, and uh, until next time. Thanks. Take care, guys. Bye.